I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Hey, Lightworker, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. This episode was so much fun to record, and I know you're going to love it. Bridget Marquardt was Hugh Hefner's ex-girlfriend and the star of the popular reality TV show Girls Next Door. While living at the Playboy Mansion, she trained as a paranormal investigator and started exploring the paranormal activity at the mansion. Years later, she's launched her own podcast, Ghost Magnet, where she explores and documents paranormal activity in America's most haunted locations. 
She has some amazingly creepy stories to share. The best of it is right at the end of the episode, so be sure to listen to it all. If you'd like to join me live for one of the recordings of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, be sure to follow me on Instagram at George Lizos and to join my Facebook groups, Your Spiritual Toolkit and Elemental Communication. Enjoy this episode with Bridget Marquardt. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Bridget Marquardt, who is best known for her starring role in E-Network's wildly popular reality show, The Girls Next Door, as one of Hugh Hefner's three girlfriends. After moving out of the Playboy Mansion in 2009, Bridget went on to host Travel Channel's Bridget's Sexiest Beaches and Animal Nation on Yahoo. Bridget has had a lifelong fascination with the paranormal, leading her to train as a paranormal investigator and has recently launched the Ghost Magnet podcast, exploring all things paranormal. Bridget, welcome to the Lead Up Lightworker podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So Bridget, let's go back to the beginning. I first got to know you from watching The Girls Next Door, and I loved your bubbly and fun-loving personality. But what I particularly enjoyed were all the episodes where you ventured into paranormal investigations and looking for ghosts, even dressing up in all sorts of creepy costumes, which got me thinking. (laughs) It got me thinking, surely your fascination with the spirit world should have started before your time at the Playboy Mansion. So my question is, what got you interested in ghost hunting and paranormal investigation in the first place? Well, I think there was a lead up ever since I was little and, and as young as I can remember, I had a fascination for scary movies and Halloween and just spooky stories and that kind of thing. And then when I was about 12, uh, my cousin and I got the a Ouija board and we were playing the Ouija board. And at that time, I didn't really know anybody who had died except for my great grandfather had passed away. So we were trying to reach out to him and the, the board was, the planchette was moving around the board and I'd accuse her of doing it and she'd accuse me of doing it. And then finally we just put the board away and we we're like, whatever. But then after that, I started having, um, visions of my grandfather and terrible nightmares about him. And, um, and things just started happening that were more on the paranormal realm. And uh, my uh, mom had me talk to our, our pastor at our church who told me, and he didn't really seem to believe me. He just told me to keep a diary. And then uh, my grandma took me to go talk to a psychiatrist and she was curious if anything traumatic had happened between my grandfather and I. And I'm like, no, he was like my great grandfather. And we had a, a totally fine relationship, like nothing weird at all. And, but ever since then, since those paranormal things started happening to me, um, I feel like I have been uh, kind of, I don't know if you would say obsessed, but just very, very interested and intrigued by the whole spiritual world and wanting to find more and always looking for proof. Because now I kind of write off those first instances as maybe just, I've heard that a lot of preteen, teen girls go through um, periods where they have like paranormal situations and it's kind of hormonal and kind of growing up and I don't I don't know what the answer for that is I don't know if they're just more susceptible at that time to seeing things or if they um if it is just hormonal and emotional but it 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 piqued my curiosity and ever since then ever since about 12 I've been obsessed with the paranormal and 
ghost hunting and exploring the spiritual world and, and just trying to find, I think for me, it's, it's trying to find something that proves it 100% without a doubt, even though I know that nobody's really, really got concrete evidence or we would all know it to be a hundred percent true, but I, I'm still looking for that one thing that's at least going to prove it to myself. Oh my goodness, what an unfolding of a story. So what I find interesting about the story is that you never gave up on your desire to prove paranormal activity because many of my listeners, we grow up um, being exposed to the spiritual world and yet society comes into doubt and sabotage what we're feeling by naming it as like an illness or like just a illusion. And despite that, from your childhood, you, your desire to find out the truth persisted up until your adulthood years. So how has this journey unfolded growing up, moving into the Playboy Mansion? We're going to move, uh, we're going to discuss the, your stories from the mansion a little bit as well. But how did your uh, journey unfold towards your desire in becoming a paranormal investigator? Well, it went from being, you know, at 12 or 13, being scary and being um, something that I didn't feel like I wanted in my life to becoming something that was more interesting to me and something that I wanted to explore more. And I started doing just for fun. I didn't have like a ghost hunting kit or anything like that, but I would, I would specifically stay at places that I knew were haunted and I would try and see if I could experience anything. Um, and then... And then eventually, when I was at the mansion, that's when I started doing my uh, paranormal certificate online courses. Yes. And then I started um, getting a little bit of a kit together, like a like an EMF meter and a laser thermometer and voice recorder and things like that, so that when I did go places, I could I could bring that little kit with me and do a little bit more professional of a ghost hunt instead of just relying fully on just my feelings and my intuition, I have actual instruments now that can help, you know, determine whether there's anything going on. And then, um, and then it just became sort of a, a, a hobby for me. Like everywhere I go, I want to go somewhere that I want to stay somewhere that's haunted. If we go on vacation, I'm like, oh, we should go to this restaurant. It's supposed to be haunted or stay at this hotel. It's supposed to be haunted <laughs> or go on this haunted tour or whatever. And I'll bring my kit. And, and it's just, it's just grown from there. And it's, oh, so it's always been a hobby and it's always been a passion. And, um, I've always thought it would be fun to do a show or a podcast on it. And I just had never done it up until now. And now I finally have a podcast yes. and it's really fun because I can talk to people every week about their ghost stories and I can learn about new locations and, and learn about people's different experiences and kind of get their thoughts on what they think it is and, and see their evidence or proof that they, that they feel that they've found. And it just, I just really enjoy talking about it. I really enjoy hearing other people's stories. And I also enjoy making a list while they're telling me so that I can go try and experience what mm -hmm. they experienced as well. <laughs> yes. And that's what I love about your podcast. I was so glad you did it because I know you, you have so many different interests. You like the trapeze, you like traveling, you, you did Bridget's Sexiest Beaches as well. I'm like, I hope she does Paranormal Next. I was just so excited when I saw your, pop, your podcast show up. So yes. let's, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the gadgets and the technology in a little bit because I find that fascinating, but let's take a step back. Let's talk about ghosts and what ghosts are. So as part of the work that I do as a space clearer, 
I psychically scan the energy in a space for different kinds of entities and energies. And usually people call me when they think that their house is haunted. But most of the times, when I go there and when I tune in the energy of the space, what I find is usually not a ghost, but other kinds of energies, such as maybe a poltergeist or an elemental or telepathic messages just hovering in the ethers or even extraterrestrials. So my question is, what are ghosts and how are they different from other types of spirits and energies or entities? I think for most people that ghost is just kind of a generic term that we mm -hmm. use for anything like that because the majority of people don't really know how to decipher and even I'm still learning how to decipher between what everything is. So I think that ghost is just a very, very general term we use for anything that happens that's kind of paranormal that we don't mm. understand or feel. Um, in my opinion, I don't think that the average person knows the difference between a ghost and a poltergeist or... Um, An elemental or, or, or an extraterrestrial or something like that, yeah. Any of the differentiations, I don't think that they know. I mean, obviously, uh, um, uh, extraterrestrial, if you're like talking aliens and that kind of stuff, they might sense yeah. a difference in something like that, but not necessarily because, oh, I mean, I, I do not claim to know what ghosts or poltergeists or anything are necessarily or what they're coming from or how we are feeling them, but but I can't say that they aren't alien as well that we're feeling. And yes. I know that some people have suggested that. So it's, it's very possible. But in general, when you go into a place and you, you're going to search or uh, use one of your instruments to try and identify paranormal activity, are there any indicators that tell you, like, help you understand and know for sure within your body, without the instruments, that there is something there, even if someone doesn't know what um, that, uh, that feeling is, or even if people don't know how to differentiate between them, because you're right, and most people don't know how to differentiate between the different spirits and entities and energies out there. But is there a feeling or an indicator, like some kind of a sensation that people can use to know whether, let's say, for example, there is some kind of paranormal activity going on in their house? Well, I think um, for me, when I go into a place and, and, and it's not 100% accurate, but sometimes I'll go into a place and you can feel a kind of a heaviness. Mm. Um, I definitely think that there's a different feeling in rooms that are are clean and, and um, entity free, but yeah. then there's, but you can go into a building and sometimes you can really feel a lot of heaviness and, or, or like um, pressure on your chest, like mm. it's hard to breathe or um, there's just, there's a definite feeling. Sometimes it's the goosebumps and that kind of thing. And I don't think that everybody is sensitive to that. I think that some people have a way of just tuning that out and are not in touch with that side of themselves at mm. all. And they can walk into the most haunted building and not feel a thing. And then there's other people who can't, who are so sensitive to it that they can't even get near the building without, you know, have, feeling sick or um, shortness of breath and things like that. Oh, which brings me into um, what 
are there are there certain people or places that you think magnetize ghosts more than other people? Because I was listening to your to your podcast, the introduction of your podcast, and you say mm -hmm. people have told me that I'm a conduit, but I'm still exploring that. So, do you think that there are people who naturally are ghost magnets? They're, therefore, they attract paranormal activity. And why do you think this is so? Well, that's what I was told by Barry Taff. Are you familiar with mm. Barry Taff? Yes. Okay, so he came to the mansion and did an investigation for us or with us, and he told me that I was a conduit, oh. and he said that some people are just more in touch and that the, the entities will use you to come through. So it's not necessarily the house that's haunted, it's your, you being there that allows that to happen. So he said that a lot of people are conduits or what we're saying in the show, ghost magnets. So yeah. everywhere they go, well, not everywhere they go, that's, that's, but a lot of places that they go, things will happen to them or around them or to people that are with them because, because of them. But if they weren't there, if you took that person out, then the entities may not have a way to, to uh, manifest because they're using that person's energy to do it. Amazing. So it's like uh, certain people are like mediums or channels for that goes to uh, pass through a message, maybe to a loved one or to just communicate. Yeah. Or to so, even manifest yeah. or to do anything, you know? Yeah. Like move stuff around. <laughs> yeah. Or even. just even, um, yeah. Like show a presence or make a tapping or, you know, any kind of yeah. indication they need energy from somebody or something to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas if there's nobody there, like there's, there's no point for the ghost to just manifest in some way, isn't it? Right. But then even if somebody were there who isn't open to that kind of stuff or is not a conduit in any way, they may not be able to use that person to get through. So they need somebody who, who, um, I mean, it's not something yeah. you, you can I don't, to me, it's not something I consciously do. I don't say, okay, you can, you can use my energy or you can come through me. I absolutely don't volunteer that at all, but it's just something that they know and are able to do. Bridget, you mentioned briefly Uja boards, which I remember while I was, I, I did a, a degree in metaphysical sciences and then we had a clear message from the instructors, do not use Uja boards. So I haven't used it before because of that, because I was told not to. But I've always been interested. I've, I've used so many different other kinds of tools. Like I use tarot cards on a daily basis. I use crystal balls. I use all sorts of divination tools. But I won't touch an Uja board, and I don't understand why. <laughs> so I, I need an opinion from someone who's had an experience with it. What is it about Uja boards? I don't know. There is, I, I, so since um, that happened when I was a kid, I refused to play with it ever since because it, the, the, what I was experiencing after we put the Ouija board away, yeah. that was supposedly my great grandfather yeah. was not my great grandfather. Uh -huh. Like uh, even though he was appearing to look like him and in my dreams, he looked like him. Um, it was not this, this was something that, um, was not a good presence. It was not like having a guardian angel. It was yes. like having a, a, I don't want to go as far as to say de demonic, but it was, yeah. it was evil. It wasn't, it wasn't friendly. It wasn't there for my best interest. It was giving me, it was trying to give me nightmares. It mm. was, it was trying to scare me and that kind of thing. And that was definitely in no way my grandfather or what mm. he, you know, he would never have wanted to do anything like that. So I think it was just appearing as him and never really was him um 
And so therefore it made me think that when you are playing with the Ouija board, assuming you really are talking to entities or things on the other side or some sort of energies, you don't really know what you're getting. <clears throat> and it's very easy for them to fool you because you think you're talking to somebody who you knew and loved and, but you don't know, you don't really know who you're talking yeah. to and you don't know who you're inviting into your world. And so assuming that this wasn't just preteen, um, whatever they want to call it, hormones or anything or, or imagination running wild with me. I feel like whatever happened to me was a negative thing. And my mom even tried to throw away the Ouija board and huh? it was back in our closet. Oh my and God. She was mad. She was mad at me for pulling it out of the trash. And I'm like, I didn't pull it out of the trash. And she's like, well, I know I threw it away. And I'm like, I did not touch it. Oh and it God. was still there. And then, and like my uh, pastor told me to keep a diary of all the stuff that happened. And so I kept a diary and the diary just disappeared. And to this day, we have never I found serious? the diary. Oh my goodness. That is um, creepy. <laughs> I really want to find the diary. I would love to because I don't know if this happens to you, but for me, I, when things happen that are paranormal, I have a way of sort of explaining them off. Like, I mean, yeah. there could, a full body apparition could appear <laughs> in front of me right now. And I would go, Oh, that had to be. And my brain would immediately start to try and <laughs> try and like explain why that happened. And it, and then I'll, and so I won't feel scared at the moment because I'll be like, Oh, that was, just uh, whatever my brain like wrote it off as. Yeah. But then later I'll be thinking about it and going, wait, no, that was really weird. Did you see what I saw? Yeah. Like that, that wasn't, that wasn't right. That wasn't, that isn't normal what just happened. I so, get it 100%. Um, so it's basically usually our ego comes in and sabotages whatever we experience paranormal. It's like that logical side of us will be like, oh my God, no, it's nothing. It's just a coincidence, blah, blah, blah. But then you realize, oh shit, it was actually real. <laughs> yeah. So people ask me, aren't you afraid of all this stuff and everything? And I'm thinking, no, because even when something does happen, my mind immediately tries to solve it and tell yes. me it's not anything to worry about. And it's not till later that I'm like, wait, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> and you, make, you made a really good point about Uji boards in the sense that we should all have like spiritual discernment when it comes to the spirit world. Not every single spirit that wants to communicate with us wants the best for us. So um, it comes to the point where you have to um, be assertive with the spirit and know that if it doesn't feel good, then it usually doesn't want good for you either. And therefore you should create a boundary there. So thank you for bringing that up. Now let's yes, but yes. also, can I just say that yes. you don't know because like he was the, whatever we were talking to on the board seemed perfectly fine. There was no signs that there was something evil or mm. not right about it. It wasn't until later like a couple weeks later when I started seeing my grandfather and things started happening and my nightmare started happening and stuff that I, that I realized that whatever we were talking to was not him. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So they can get very sneaky. How did you, how did you manage to, um, to judge and discern whether a spirit growing up and therefore as, you, as you've had more experiences with the spirit world, how did you come to realize whether a spirit was benevolent or malevolent? Well, I think that maybe you never know, especially right off the bat. But um, for me, it's just kind of uh, really paying attention to my intuition and how I how I feel yes. when I enter a place. And, and if I feel like things are happening or things are going on, I really just try to tap into how I'm feeling. Am I, it is, is something telling me that I should be scared or leave or something telling me that this is okay and it's fine to stick around and investigate and try and experience mm. more of it. I feel like you just have to really, there's no way of knowing for sure, in my opinion, but you just have to really tap into your, your gut feeling and your, your intuition and, and how you're, how you're feeling deep inside. Yeah. Most of the times our, our bodies like know best when to trust something or not. Yeah. So let's move into the, um, the instruments you use in a paranormal investigator. Now, I was never used to or aware of these instruments. My audience is more familiar with the intuitive ways of um, feeling for ghosts and the paranormal. Let's say, for example, using clairvoyance or other types of psychic skills. But I know from what I've seen that training to become a paranormal investigator involves using various instruments and gadgets that measure some sort of something that you're going to tell us about in a little bit. But my first experience with it, Bridget, oh my God, I was, it was a few years ago. My ex-boyfriend was, um, was a professional medium and paranormal investigator. I didn't really give it the whole thing much attention until he came one day with his phone recorder and he played me a very creepy message from one of his explorations in a haunted house. Ooh. And it was basically the spirit just talking these, like you see in the movies, like, like ah, I'm here to get you, like I've been a very coarse Yikes. voice. Uh -huh. <laughs> it, it terrified me. So, and they couldn't hear that message, like with their physical ears, but it got picked up by the recorder. So exactly. my question is, can you talk to us a little bit about those instruments, what they are and what they can help us do? Okay, so like what you were talking about is a, just an electronic recorder. So um, you pick up voices sometimes. So you'll ask questions, you'll walk around. And that's why you see on a lot of ghost hunting shows and stuff, people will say, is anybody here? And they'll ask it repeatedly because, and nobody answers usually. And, um, <laughs> and they'll ask, all, can you tell me your name? Can you? And they'll ask a million questions because later they'll go back in and they'll listen to that whole recording. And then sometimes, like you just said, there's no voice at the actual time, but the recorder will, will capture the voice. And that's oh called God. an EVP. Yeah. So uh, electronic voice phenomenon. So that will be on there. That's why you always want to go back and listen to your recordings, even on um, if you're shooting with a, a video camera or whatever, going back and listening and listening really closely to all the audio on that, because sometimes you'll pick something up that you couldn't hear in real time, but the, 
the electronic recorder picked it up. And then there's EMF meters and that's electromagnetic field meters. Mm. And those basically are just picking up electromagnetic fields. So assuming that that is what a ghost or an entity is using is magnetic fields to create itself. Then when you are walking through with an EMF meter and it lights up, as long as you're not next to anything that would be making it light up, like say an electronic, um, oh, say like an outlet or um, a, a refrigerator that's running or a TV, if you're just in the middle of a room or you're in a, in a abandoned, say prison that um, doesn't even have electricity going on or whatever, and your EMF meter is lighting up, then you know that something else is there that's causing some sort of magnetic field in front of you. And wow. you can use that too to ask it questions. You can you can say, like they can control, supposedly, they can control how strong their energy is right there. So you can ask it, if you're here, will you light up my EMF meter? And then sometimes it will it will um light up in response to your questions. And but how you have how, to Yeah. Oh, it's like using, I'm sure you've used like the pendulum and things like that yes, before. It's I like that. You have to, you have to establish what, what certain things mean. So light, light my EMF meter up all the way to red for yes. And mm. only in green for no. And like you establish what you want your, your answers to look like so that they, you're communicating, you're able to communicate and then you can ask questions. So if you have something in front of you, that's willing to participate and then you can use your EMF meter to do that. People also use um, flashlights. I don't know if you've ever seen that. They'll set up a flashlight and they'll unscrew the top so that it can be turned on and off with the slightest little motion. Oh, wow. I've never heard that. Oh, so, okay. So it's like flashlight works. So you set it on there. You yeah. unscrew the top so that it can yeah. be turned on very, very, just like by the, by, almost by air passing by, you know, yeah. and then you ask you ask questions and like, uh, turn the light on, make it flash twice for yes, flash once for no. And then you can start asking questions. Is anybody here? I got goosebumps. Yeah, it's really cool. And then I also have a, um, a laser thermometer because some people claim cold spots are indication that there's something there. So I find it really hard to go, Oh yeah, it's warm right here, but it's really cold right here. Like just putting my hand through it. So I, for me, for me, these gadgets and these instruments, like I said at the top of the show, I, I really want to prove to myself that there's something. So as much as I love mediums and clairvoyance and that kind of stuff, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the information they have, like I want, I want science to show me that there's something mm. here. I want the numbers. I want the, I want the, I, maybe it's all the statistics classes I had to take and that kind yeah. of thing, but I want, I, I want the hardcore numbers. I want to see, I, 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 I want to see something that's very specific. That makes me, that's going to make me believe beyond a doubt because it's not that I, it's not that I don't believe clairvoyance and that kind of thing. I, I totally do. And I'm, in, I'm intrigued by all that, but I need proof. And, and that's I what love, I'm in search yeah. of proof. And I love that and you so have the, the podcast now to explore that. Yeah. And then, the, so the instruments, even though they're not definitive proof right now, they are, they are something to give me some sort of, to back up what I'm feeling or what I'm sensing, you know? Yes, absolutely. So speaking of uh, those instruments and gadgets and your experiences with them, could you share with us your creepiest encounter with a ghost using one of those instruments or not actually? 
my creepiest encounter with a ghost, um, it was at the Myrtles Plantation, which is in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I went just a couple of years ago uh, with my fiance. He took me, I've been wanting to go here forever. I've, I've read books on this uh, house. I've seen documentaries on it. And I just know how extremely haunted it is and all these stories that have happened. And it has a, it has a major history from slavery history uh, to civil war history to um, a man one day was, was he, somebody knocked on the door and he was shot right at his front door and he made it up to the 17th step and died on the 17th stair. Two little girls were murdered in the house. Um, just, it has so much history there. So we went there and uh, we had this one section of the house to our to ourselves because it was just part of our, it was considered part of our room. So yeah. it was the main entryway and the staircase where the guy died. And in the main entryway, there's this mirror and it's supposed to, it has these streaks on it. And they said it, it, it drips blood and people see things in the mirror and they take pictures of the mirror and things appear in their photos and that kind of stuff. And then our room was upstairs stairs so we're the only ones allowed in that portion of the house and so around midnight I get out my kit and my fiance who is a major skeptic by the way but he's <laughs> a good he's a good sport yeah I give him the EMF meter and I'm sitting on the 17th step with my voice recorder and he's got the EMF meter over the mirror and that kind of stuff and I'm asking questions and everything nothing's happening and we were probably um doing our investigation for an hour and a half or two hours or so. And finally, I'm just like, oh, I guess nothing's going to happen. I mean, we weren't getting anything. There wasn't even a blip on the K2 meter. It just <laughs> nothing. I, in fact, I kept turning it on and off thinking something was wrong with it because it's just nothing. I mean, I get more of a blip at home where there's nothing, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I was like, what is, what is going on? This is weird. So we go to bed and all of a sudden we're awakened by the sound of like, furniture being scooted around and squeaking and people running up and down the stairs. Oh, and like goodness. I said before, nobody is allowed in that part of the house except for us. We're the only ones that have the key to that part for the night. So we open up the door and there's nobody out there and we can hear there's these squeaky floorboards right outside our door. We can hear somebody walking there, but there's nobody there and the stomping on the stairs and the moving of furniture. And there was this heavy heaviness in the room. And we were both like, we were kind of groggy and still out of it because we had fallen asleep. And so every time we heard something, he grabbed my arm and be like, did you hear that? And I'd be like, yeah. And then something else happened. I'm like, oh my God, did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> and we can hear little kids playing. And I never even saw a little kid staying there. I mean, it was just, it like it the house was alive with all kinds of stuff going on and all of a sudden there was like this electronic chirping in the room and we both bolted up and my emf meter was sitting on the nightstand and he it was just lighting up and then turning off lighting up turning off like full throttle and um, my fiance was like your emf meter is making noise but my me my emf meter doesn't make noise so oh I was like, goodness. it's not that. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> so we were like, just, we were just terrified and we were not expecting what happened. I asked him, what time is it? And it was like 317 or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like devil's hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so this went on like just craziness until um, all of a sudden I just felt a release and the room just felt lighter and the, the, frog outside started chirping again in the in the pond and like I just felt like it was done and I I 
asked my fiance, what time is it? And he was like, oh, it's like 4.12 or something like that. I'm like, oh my God, it's over. It was like an hour of absolute insanity. I was so freaked out. And then the next morning we went to breakfast and it's down in the gift shop area. And they were like, oh, so what room did you guys stay in? And we're like, and we told them what room and they're like, oh, and you made it through the night. The last two people <laughs> to stay there didn't make it through the night. And then the, there's a, a group of people um, sitting in another table and they were like, were you guys moving furniture around all night? We're like, it wasn't us. We were not moving the furniture. I would have been so creeped out if I were in your situation as well. <laughs> I was. And, and, um, the weird thing is, is that I typically am the first one to jump up and want to like start investigating and stuff. But something about that to me just had me like terrified and in yeah. bed, grabbing the arms of my fiance and him grabbing me back going, oh my God, did you? like there was, <laughs> I, I wasn't compelled to get up and try and investigate. I was literally terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, so um, you've recently launched your podcast, The Ghost Magnet, which explores all things paranormal. And in the first, first episode, you talk about the ghosts of the Playboy Mansion. Could you give us your most memorable story, ghost story, from your time at the mansion? And do you think that it actually is haunted? I do think it's haunted. Um, I, I mean, that the Playboy Mansion was built in 1926 and completed in 1927. And it's had a lot of people come through its doors and stay there and, and live there. And a lot of people that were very uh, close to that house, like there is especially people in Hefseers, but the ghost stories from that start before that, the original owners were the Letzes and Mrs. Letz, there's a rumor that she was either pushed or jumped off the balcony onto the marble floor mm -hmm. to her death. Um, and so that was obviously way before Hef bought the mansion. So when Hef was there, there were there were ghost stories to begin with of Mrs. Letz and, and some of Hef's older friends who had stayed there all had stories, um, staff had stories. And so one day, uh, it was the day that I got my dog Wednesday. Mm. Um, so she's just a brand new little puppy in my room. My sister is sitting on the bed with me. My friend Stacy is on the end of the bed. Little Winnie, my dog, is sitting in like a little makeshift cage and stuff that we had for her at the end of the bed. And um, all of a sudden, and we're just talking, watching TV, having a glass of wine, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see a woman standing in the closet area that goes from my room to the closet to the bathroom. She's just standing in the doorway there. And wow. I gasped. And when I turned to look full straight on, it was gone. Like it always is. Ah, drives me nuts. <laughs> and, um, um, but I wasn't the only one to see it, thank goodness, because that's exactly when your mind starts rationalizing it. Well, maybe you didn't see anything. Maybe that was something else, you know, but my sister saw something and my sister immediately just started crying. and was like, Oh my God, what was that? I don't even want to know. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. And then my friend Stacy was just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. I saw something too. I saw something too. And, um, that was probably the biggest, um, 
thing that happened to me, the most uh, clear thing and something that somebody else saw too. But little things would happen as well. Like if we were sitting in my room one time, it was Holly and I we were on the floor scrapbooking and the TV was on just as background noise. And we were talking about paranormal stuff. And she was like, I think it's cool and everything. I just have never experienced anything. So I don't really believe in that kind of stuff or anything. And then all of a sudden my TV just went on full max volume. Oh my God, you're and kidding. We, uh, we were like, oh my God, oh my God. And I jumped up and I grabbed the remote off the bed and I'm turning the TV down. And I'm like, we looked at each other. I'm like, was that a sign? I think that might've been a sign for you. <laughs> oh my God, surely. Oh my God, such a poignant experience as well. So what, what more can we expect from the Ghost Magnet podcast? You've had two episodes right now, right? Or, or was it three? I've had, well, I've recorded three episodes, but two of them mm. are there. The next one is going to be yes. on Monday. Um, well, I'm just trying to get uh, all different kinds of stories and different aspects. So right now, the first one was about Ghosts of the Playboy Mansion. The second one is, a, um, I have Scott Michaels from Dearly Departed Tours. He does tours here in LA um, uh -huh. that are kind of on the dark side of Hollywood. He was telling me about the Curse of Benedict Canyon, which is an area in LA that just has really, really uh, crappy stuff happen to people that live there. And it's a pattern. And so we discussed that. And then um, uh, next week I have on um, a former Miss USA and Playboy Playmate uh, and TV star, uh, Shayna Mokler on, and she's going to tell me about mm. some of her ghost stories that have happened to her. And, and I want the show to evolve. Like my, I see doing um, live investigations for the podcast i see um inviting people to come on to tell their stories that are you know listeners and i i see um i also want to interview actual locations like i would love to like for just for an example like have the queen mary people come on and tell me about why they're the history of their ship and why it's so haunted and, and things that people have reported and that kind of stuff too so i really want the show to evolve we're only on the uh going into the third episode but i already see like a bunch of things that i want to branch into oh yeah i would love to see you do like live investigations on the podcast as well so what are some of your dream haunted places to visit that you'd potentially want to see on the podcast Oh my gosh. I, you know what? I have a huge bucket list and I'm trying to, I, I keep it all in the, um, in the U S right now, just because, I mean, there are places that I want to go that are all over the world. Oh, you got to come to Europe. It. We have so many of them. <laughs> I know. I know. I for sure want to, but I'm just trying to keep it realistic for our yeah, first yeah. season of the podcast. Of course, of course. And I'm like, <laughs> what can I actually get away with? You know, if I, if I throw it on them that I need to go to Europe right off the bat, they're going to be like, okay, Bridget, let's get realistic. On this. <laughs> Unless you know somebody in Europe that wants to fly me over and do some investigation <laughs> but if you do let me know oh for sure but, um, but I have a, I have a huge list of places and some of them I've already been to but I would love to go back and do a podcast and then places that I just like dream places to go you know yes I love I love Louisiana I mean New Orleans has such a vibe have you ever been there I've never I've actually never been to the states uh, it's, oh, it's, really? it's so weird because like all my students, all my clients are from the States, but I've never uh -huh. actually visited, but maybe that's the perfect excuse <laughs> for me to come there and do a paranormal trip around the U.S. Yes, definitely. There's, there really is. I mean, I know our history is not as great as in Europe. I mean, you guys really go way back. So I'm sure that your stuff is, 
is, you know, much more historical, first of all, and therefore leads to more types of paranormal things and stuff. But we have a lot here and it yes. is, um, it, it would be a fun tour. Absolutely. Bridget, thank you so much for being here today and sharing all about your paranormal stories and expertise. I've had such a great time chatting. Perfect end to my day and the start to your day, I guess. And I can't yeah. wait for everyone to go check out your podcast, Ghost Magnet. And I also can't wait to tune into the new episodes too. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.